you ever noticed that if you buy something new, you start to see it everywhere? For example, I recently bought a black Honda Pilot. It's nothing fancy, but it's a solid car that I hope won't give me any headaches. But before I bought it, I would never pay attention to them or even really notice them. But now I see black Honda Pilots everywhere. And I'd be willing to bet that this has happened to you as well. It might not be a car, but something else. Even your recent Christmas gift, something special someone gave you, and now you're starting to see it everywhere. It happens to all of us. In fact, this experience even has a name. It's called the Bader-Meinhof phenomenon. And this phenomenon argues that in an average day, we're exposed to hundreds, if not thousands, of stimulants. And as a result, it's impossible to soak in every detail. And your brain, your brain has the job of deciding which things require focus and which can be filtered out. Your brain can easily ignore information that doesn't seem vital in the moment, and it does so every single day. However, when you're paying attention to something, especially if that something is interesting or new to you, you tend to notice it more and more. Your perspective changes, and you start to see it everywhere. Which leads me to a question I want us to wrestle with today. What do you want to make sure that you see in this coming year? Now, I want you to hold on to that thought for just a moment. Because today, we're concluding our series, Making Room in Advent. And all throughout this series, we've challenged one another to make room for God to do His work in our lives, just like the people we read about in the Bible made room for Him during that first Advent season. But you might think, Advent is over. And yes, that is true. The season of Advent is over, but the story of Advent continues even after Jesus's birth. In fact, today, we're going to be talking about someone who experienced something really important after Jesus was born. It's the story of a man named Simeon. To help us with the story, let's hear from our friend, artist and author, Betty Dickinson. In Jesus' day, it was customary for parents to offer a sacrifice as a cleansing rite after a woman has her baby and consecrate her firstborn to the Lord. So Mary and Joseph traveled to the temple in Jerusalem to do this. They didn't have money for a lamb, so they offered two doves or two young pigeons as an acceptable sacrifice instead. A righteous old man named Simeon was there. At one point, when he was a younger man, it was revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would get to see the Messiah face to face before he died. And so he waited and watched for the Messiah the rest of his life. And on that particular day, the Spirit drew him into the temple courts. He kept his eyes and heart open, looking, waiting, watching. He had probably seen hundreds of young parents bring their children into the temple for consecration. Yet when Mary and Joseph brought Jesus into the temple courts, something stirred within Simeon. At first, it appeared only as the stars in the black of night, the same sign of God's promise to Abraham, his children would outnumber the stars in the sky. Israel would become a people that would bless all nations. But slowly, a pre-dawn light rose over Simeon. When Jesus came, he came like a low light slipping over the hills. This Jesus, the light, arose like the brilliant dawn into Simeon's view. 
His gaze was transfixed on the light illuminating the temple that day. And as he took Jesus into his arms, he saw the dawn rising over all of Israel. Jesus was the fulfillment of the promise. Simeon had eyes to see the Messiah, to see Jesus. I wonder, do you? This story, as told in Luke 2, 25-35, tells us that when Joseph and Mary arrived at the temple, everyone else simply saw a poor family bringing their child to be dedicated. After all, that's what Jewish families did in that day. It wasn't like Hail to the Chief suddenly played or, or a light beamed from heaven with Morgan Freeman saying, Behold the King. Yet Simeon saw that something more was happening here. He was watching and waiting for something more. The Holy Spirit was with him on that day, and it was helping him to see something that looked completely normal and mundane to everyone else. It was actually something sacred and something holy. And here's the good news for us today. The Holy Spirit can do the same thing for us. He can give us the eyes to see differently, eyes to see what really matters. The Apostle Paul describes it this way in words that he wrote to Christ followers in Ephesus. He says, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened. Years ago, there was a popular worship song we would sing with these words. It would say, open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart. I want to see you. I want to see you. Now, I remember times where I would sing out this song and these words as loud as I could. Open the eyes of my heart. And now why that was probably a really bad day for anybody standing in earshot. You see, the sentiment of these words and the heart of this prayer, it still deeply resonates with me to this day. And really, that is my prayer for all of us today, that we, like Simeon, would have eyes to see God. That in the middle of what might look just like the natural ways of life, we might see something supernatural. Simeon had that kind of vision. He had eyes to see. I recently read a story about author and spiritual director Richard Rohr, who regularly leads spiritual retreats for individuals and for groups. And he does something really interesting near the beginning of each of his retreats. He sends his people out for just a simple walk, but he would start it in an unusual way. Roar would first draw a line in the ground in front of them, and he would say, this is the line of beholding. Then he invites everyone to cross the line to begin their walk, to begin something ordinary. It's just a walk, but they're to do so with eyes that are expecting to behold. To behold means to to take in and observe, to be sure to see, to not miss. Beholding is really like expectant observation. It's a commitment to see. I mean, really see. And from that line forward, he wants them not only to wait for God to work, he wants them to behold God at work. He says that every single time people cross that simple line, they come back from that walk, seeing things that God has shown them that they probably would have missed without that heightened sense of awareness. They have eyes 
to see. Simeon had eyes to see because the Holy Spirit revealed to him that what looked completely normal was actually packed with the supernatural. He saw Jesus, the long-awaited Messiah. And that's exactly what we're asking God to show us as we begin this new year. January 1st is an interesting day, isn't it? In some ways, it feels like the start of something new, but in other ways, it feels like a return to the old and the ordinary. There's just so much buildup towards Christmas, parties with friends and family, gifts to give and to receive, travel to see loved ones. And while we know the Christmas season can be hard for all sorts of reasons, many of us still get swept up in the anticipation and the excitement that this season brings. But then January comes. And today, New Year's Day, ushers in the reality of what has come and gone, as well as the hard truth of what lies ahead. The worst of winter is still to come. Our work routine returns in just a matter of days. The credit card bills from all that celebrating are due in about three weeks' time. So how do we see what God wants us to see after Christmas, after the new year, after the decorations come down and we begin to long for the warmth and the newness of spring? Well, today I want to invite you to cross the line of beholding, to cross that line so that you can begin to see that God has just as much for us in the ordinary days as he does on the holy and and the holidays. Today, let's ask God to give us the same eyes that he gave Simeon, eyes that can find Jesus at work in the everyday. Carrie Latticer is a friend and one of our teaching pastors here at Community. And she had an experience recently when her eyes were open to see what God had for her in the ordinary that I wanted to share with you. Carrie was scheduled to go out of town a few months back to speak at a great conference with some great friends. But as she put it, life happened and she could no longer go. Now, while she was frustrated, just like any of us would be at this disappointing change of plans, It also had her thinking and looking to see what God wanted her to see, even in the ordinary and somewhat disappointing. And she wrote these reflections that I wanted to share with you. At church a few weeks back, we talked about the kingdom of God and how Jesus says, we won't see it coming here or there for it is already in our midst. And something about that invitation for eyes to see has been stirring wonder in me. It's been provoking me to have eyes to see all week. And here's what I saw as a result of my changed plans. What I saw may not be as glamorous as a speaking engagement in Europe, but nonetheless, here's what I saw. The eight-year-old boy kisses I woke up to on Saturday instead of a layover in Amsterdam. The DM from a friend I deeply respect, whom I hurt in a former ministry season, sending me a kind and gracious prophetic prayer. The remarkable team I get to work with who rearranged their schedules to film my talk for that conference in England so that I could be there and not really be there. The safe space on a walk with a friend and life-giving texts from the glorious humans I get to know and love. The kindness of all the offers extended by family to care for my kids in an attempt to salvage my trip. See, things don't often turn out the way we had imagined. But what would it look like for us to live with expectant eyes and to behold to truly see what God is doing at work among us? 
God had so much for Carrie to see in her ordinary moments. What might God want you to see in your ordinary moments? For no matter what happens in this coming year, God has all sorts of wonderful things for you to see. What if today was the day as we enter this new year that we cross the line of beholding and ask God to open our eyes to see him? What if we let him turn even the most ordinary of moments into extraordinary opportunities to see what he wants us to see? I want to invite you to a practice that's going to help us all start out this new year in this way. 21 days of prayer and fasting. Now, before that scares you away, let me tell you what this is all about. For the past several years, we as a community have set aside 21 days at the beginning of each year to pray and to fast together. Because here's the truth. Over these next few days and weeks and months, we'll likely not see anything different if we don't do anything different. And these 21 days are simply a way for us to create more intentional space to see and to hear from God. This year, the 21 days will start next Monday, January 9th, and go all the way through January 29th. And during those 21 days, we want to invite you to fast from something that will become a reminder to you to behold God in a new or in a deeper way. You might choose a traditional fast where you can fast from food on certain days or times of day and use that time you'd normally be eating or preparing food to pray. Or maybe you want to fast from social media or television or, or some kind of activity to create space in your life for God to show you something new. You can visit communitychristian.info to learn more and decide how you want to engage in this fast. And we're going to be talking more about this next week, but the focus of this year's 21 days in the community daily is going to be on hearing from God. So make sure you're subscribed to that too as we start these 21 days. So what might you hear? What might you see if you join us for these 21 days to behold God in a new or deeper way? As we start this year, I want to invite you to see God, to see Jesus everywhere. We don't have a, a sandbox or, or something here in the studio for me to, to draw a line in the ground. And, and hopefully you can't do that in your living room either. But here's what I want us to do. Here's what I want to invite you to do. In just a moment, we're going to take communion together like we do every week. And we'll receive the bread that represents Jesus's body broken for you, the cup which represents his blood shed for you. And as you do, I want you to think of it like crossing that line of beholding. Ask God to open your eyes, to see him through the crowd of ordinary like Simeon saw. May we enter into a new way of seeing this new year. For when our eyes are open to see Jesus, just like the Bader-Meinhof phenomenon, we will start to notice he has always been there, everywhere. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that you are always everywhere at work. Sometimes it's just so hard for us to see. It's so hard for us to hear. We're surrounded by so many distractions, so many pressures, so many tensions, so much noise. And so, God, today we're asking you that you would bring us across the line of beholding, that we could see you at work and moving in the ordinary, just like Simeon could see you. 
so that we can celebrate your movement, that we can participate in your movement, that we might be transformed and be a part of your transformation in the world around us. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.